0: Hi, this is Marcy McNeil, producer of the Next in Ed podcast. If you have a topic you think we should discuss, or someone you think we should interview, or if you would just like to give us some feedback, you can email us at nextinedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And now, we hope you enjoy the following episode.
1: Hi, welcome to Next to I'm Joe. And
0: I'm Julie.
1: Julie, how are you today? I'm great. Good. Doing well. Um, So I got some exciting news this week. Did you? I did. Okay. You know, I have, over the years, I have been going down to the Dominican Republic and doing some work with uh, some of the schools down there. And of course, when COVID hit, that was it. So I had been traveling down there twice a year and was not able to do it, have not been able to do it since the pandemic. Right. And... Our our main guy just went down, and he got to be there for the closing of schools for the school year, and we got the green light to go back. So we're going to get to go back in the fall.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful! I'm really excited
1: about that to to reconnect with those people, and really, I, I know because a lot of the work I was doing with them was technology based, and right. I think they and they just got thrown into
0: the technology the pandemic
1: like everybody right. else. So. I'm really curious to to see where they are, how, right. what kinds of things they came up with and, to and make what it through, technology
0: they had to use, and right. what they took, what you brought with your people, and taught them, and how yeah, they utilized so, yeah. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to. to and you'll get to see, see uh, our guest that was on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. yeah. M- Michelle.
1: Michelle. Michelle. That's right. Hopefully, I get great. to see her. Yeah, that so, would be great. But but I bring that up about yes. getting to to go and do that kind of work because our guest today has done that pretty extensively, I think. I'm yes. really, really excited with, to with talk to our With some very interesting um, work. Absolutely. Very interesting work. So, so go ahead and we him. have, Yeah, we have in the studio with us today Mr. Brian Copes. And, Brian, thank you so much for agreeing to be with us today.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. So if you don't mind, uh, tell us your story. How did you get into education? And tell us some of the amazing things that, that you've been able to do so far.
2: Well, um... I guess when it starts out, you know, uh, uh, education was never on my list of things that I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> We've heard that so many times. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I was a straight D student in high school. I mean, I, I hated every minute of school. I was bullied from the third grade all the way through the 12th grade. Oh, my. I mean, I just couldn't wait. I, I begged my parents to actually send me to a, a military school anywhere besides the public school because it was such a dark place for me. But after graduation, I went to uh, a junior college in Indiana um, and studied construction. And uh, it was during that second year, I was about to receive my, my associate's degree. And it's when I, that I finally sat down and asked myself, what do you want to do for a living? And my dad was um, a, he was in education. He's got his doctorate in vocational education. So I said, that's what I want to do. I want to go back. and I don't want to be a shop teacher because I remember it was my shop teachers were my safety net when I was in school. So I decided to go back and become that shop teacher to be that safety net that uh, so many kids need. And um, so I went on to Indiana State, um, got my bachelor's degree. And I I hate to say it, but I felt like I got a much better education at the junior college than I did the the, um,
0: At the university, the university level, yeah. wow, How about that?
2: Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, immediately out of uh, a school, I started teaching in the suburb of Chicago, and uh, I struggled. Um, after two years, I was non-renewed, so I went to a school in uh, Indiana, um, out just outside of Indianapolis, and I was there for a year, and again, I was non-renewed, and I really felt discouraged at the time, and I quit teaching altogether. I quit education, went back to work construction. And it was really that that tug. Uh, after about two years, you know, the, I guess it was just the Lord saying, I want you back in the classroom. And, and I, I left, uh, took my tool belt off, and I was making uh, some really good money at the time. Uh, took my tool belt off, took a sizable pay cut, and went back into education. I've been there for 25 years now.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. What a story.
2: And really what it is is... um. I've been to six continents doing missions work. And I have seen um, struggles and, and different things. Uh, I've seen world problems, if you will. And it's when I start bringing those type of problems as projects into the classroom is when my teaching transformed. Uh, so I teach, um, well, here in, here in Alabama, I've taught uh, engineering, I, I've taught construction, and basically I teach the kids uh, problem-solving techniques, how to solve world problems. You know, because so often here in education, you know, we do a good job teaching math. We do a good job teaching English and science. We tell the kids they can change the world, but we never teach them how to change the world. So in my class, I'm using technology education as a hub to tie in the math, the science, the English, and teaching the kids how to change the world using the skills that they've been trained with since kindergarten.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, And very impactful. So when you came
1: to Alabama, where did you teach initially?
2: I started at Chelsea Middle School. And um, it'd be my first time teaching middle school kids. And I remember I was scared to death because I remember what I did to my middle school teachers, Right. <laughs> um, so that first year, uh, you know, it, it was a struggle. But I brought in an old, easy-go workhorse golf cart and parked it in the middle of the classroom. I did this when nobody was around. The next day I came in, I was wearing a, a mullet wig, a black ball cap, yellow safety glasses. And the kids walked into my room, and they didn't recognize me, and they got real quiet, sat down in their seats. And I'm like, I'm dressing this way every day. This is awesome. All right. And I challenged kids to pimp my ride, which was a popular TV show at the right, time. And so, I you that. know, they tore apart that golf cart and they rebuilt it. And I was so impressed with the way it turned out that the next year I said, okay, guys, I want you to do one better. Okay. Instead of rebuilding a golf cart, I want you guys to invent a, a basic utility vehicle, something that would get goods and services to and from the marketplace in developing countries. Well, these were just eighth graders, and they didn't know that they weren't supposed to be able to do something at this level. And I saw kids start coming in at six six thirty in the morning and stay until six o'clock at night, and this was happening daily. Wow! So it was less about the project and more about the kids and seeing the excitement and engagement on them. At the end of the year, well, I guess I'll tell you, the kids actually made a vehicle out of threaded water pipe you can buy from the hardware store. You know, just metal pipe fittings and you screwed it together, and that was your, your frame. And uh, the kids actually built a vehicle that ran. Wow. I mean, I was shocked, <laughs> right? So I entered the kids into a collegiate engineering competition back up in Indiana, where I was from. Um, and when we got there, they introduced my kids as Chelsea University. <laughs> and, and, you know, because we were the only non-collegiate team there. So at That's lunchtime, true. they were saying Chelsea High School. At the end of the day, they held up the first place trophy and said, Chelsea Middle School, first place. Wow. And, and they had to pick me up off the floor. <laughs> I mean, we competed against Purdue University, wow. which is one of the top engineering schools in our, our country. Matter of fact, the second year, I took uh, the kids had to basically, um, I said, you got one up last year. You guys got to improve. So they improved. They built two vehicles that year. They came in first and second place. They beat rose Holman Institute of Technology, which was the number one engineering school in the country at the time. Um, so that's where things really kind of started. I, I did that uh, two years at Chelsea Middle School. And then I worked for Shelby County uh, Schools up, uh, up in the, the Birmingham area. And uh, they transferred me over to Clara High School where I started teaching. It was basically uh, 7th through 12th graders. Uh, that way I could kind of track the kids a little bit better. And we went three more years with the, the high school students uh, to the competitions. And each year my students were able to pull out first place, which just amazed me. You know, because they had to put together an engineering report, they had to do an oral presentation, and they had to put their vehicles through the driving competitions. Um, you know, during this time, the state of Alabama came up to me and said, hey, Mr. Copes, you're doing a great job teaching engineering, but we want you to add a biomedical component to it. And I'm like, what is that? I don't know what that I, I'm a carpenter. <laughs> I don't know what biomedical means. I'm not even an engineer. Come on. Uh, So I started thinking about medical, started thinking about mechanics and prosthetics. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe we can do something with that. Um, So I took the kids out in the shop and they were tearing apart a 1989 Toyota Corolla. Because when they're building their utility vehicles, I said, you guys can use any part off of a Toyota Corolla. Because that is the most widely sold car in the world. So when the vehicle breaks down in country, they can go and find replacement parts. Very smart. So they found a Toyota Corolla motor mount laying around. I don't know where it came from or whatever. It just (laughs) happened to be laying there. No, it just happened to be (laughs) laying there. And the kids are like, what if we use this as a knee joint? And the kids decide, well, why don't we use this as an ankle joint too? So their first prosthetic leg they made they made out of 1989 Toyota Corolla motor mounts and all the other components were found on their utility vehicle threaded metal water pipe and the the local prosthetist or artificial limb specialist that was working with this he looked at this thing and said this is crazy this is I think it'll work <laughs> all right and he fitted it on the amputee and said it's heavy but it works um and he said hey I'm going to go to um Honduras I'm going to go to Honduras. Can I take this leg with us to fit in our amputee? So, uh, you know, he took it to Honduras. It, it worked. Matter of fact, the, the governor, Kay Ivey, got word of what was going on. She came out and made all 40 of my students honorary lieutenant governors of the state of Alabama for developing that first leg. Oh, that wow. Just,
1: that is fantastic.
0: That is just, uh, there's.
1: What an amazing story.
0: That is I'm speechless, Joe. I really, truly am. I mean, it's just—oh
1: my—it's not
0: normal, but it—it's just so powerful. And with just you, just let the kids do what they needed to do. You gave them the things, you gave them the skills to do it with, or just showed them how, or they just figured it out themselves.
2: Well, the big thing as a teacher, um, most teachers, you know, we're type A personalities. We want to be in control we've got to be the expert in the room and when you're willing as a teacher willing to stretch yourself and not be the expert and learn with the kids that that's the true message i want to give out to teachers be willing to learn with the kids it's all right for the if you tell them hey i don't know what i'm doing either let's figure it out let's figure as it we out go together right. absolutely we're here
1: today with mr brian copes and he is talking to us about the work that he has been doing with his students Pretty amazing stuff. Just yeah, I've been trying to
0: think of the word, but I'm just so moved. I'm moved yeah. by what has been going on in the classroom. As as a science teacher myself, you know, and I, I highly agree with you know let learn with the kids, give them things, and let them go at it, right? And but but the amount, the level of empathy that you bring to it, it um, is just what is so different, and and is what is life changing.
1: So you had this amazing experience with with your students and they figured out how to create a, a prosthetic limb and it was taken down to was it Honduras, where, Honduras they, yeah. where they went so where do you go from here you've got the governor's attention she made your students uh, lieutenant governors for the state because of the work that they did what what happened next
2: well about my third year at uh, Calera High School you know taking the kids competition the kids the kids actually came up to me and said hey we keep talking like we're going to take these things to a developing country when are we going I said that's a good question when are we going
0: they took it to the next level yeah
2: so your 2011-2012 school year we stepped out of the competition and we started raising money and what we did is um, I I took the kids to Honduras now going to Honduras I said guys it's going to be a lot of preparation I said, because you're gonna be taking two of your utility vehicles. You know, one you're gonna to have to build when we get there. So you're gonna to have to break it down into kit form. The other one will send fully assembled. It's gonna have a water well drill on the back of it so it can dra- travel from village to village drilling for fresh water wells. But I said, I also want 15 prosthetic legs. So um, so off we went and we started working. It put in a lot of hours that year. Uh, but in 2012, uh, we went to, it was uh, June, I think, uh, we went to uh, Honduras. We fit uh, 14 amputees and delivered two uh, of our vehicles. Um, one's being used as a, uh, an ambulance by Clinic of the Angels, which is a free medical clinic down there. And the other one is still driving around drilling for freshwater wells.
0: Well, I, I'm amazed, too, that your, your two initial goals are still being met it's still the two go is the prosthetic and it's the vehicle for developing countries so they're still making the vehicles and working on the prosthetics
2: well we haven't done the vehicles in quite a while okay um you know we've actually we, we've done this for for several years uh you know it's been 11 years from our first prosthetic if you will the wow. very crude Crudely developed, but we've refined it over the years. We partnered with the Society of Manufacturing Engineers. Uh, we've actually working with uh, Dr. Albert Allen. He is Lord of Crofton. He's also the Duke of Terrain. Okay, um,
0: that is impressive.
2: Uh, I tell you, <laughs> getting a a person that caliber to work with a school it <laughs> is amazing. But he grew up in Latin America. His dad was a U.S. ambassador uh, to two or three of the Latin American countries, but he actually is the one that now organizes the trips and takes the students. And what we're doing this past school year, uh, my students started up what they call life changer manufacturing, and they're 3D printing our prosthetic legs. So it went from these crude motor mounts, which were very heavy to a very lightweight, 3D printed prosthetic leg. Uh, but my students are manufacturing the legs in the classroom. They're doing it as an afterschool project and um, uh, this past semester we went to both Honduras and El Salvador and I guess through the whole year we probably fit uh, close to 30 amputees in, in those two countries as well as Mexico and looking at our schedule coming up we we're looking at Merida Mexico uh, which will be the beginning of August uh, we've got Guadalajara Mexico um, we've got um, uh, Colombia and um, I'm trying to remember the other the country. Um, uh, we got another country Ecuador, on schedule, somewhere <laughs> in, so, in Central America. In yeah. Central America, it's in all Central America. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. that's what we've got coming up with uh, uh, for life changer Manufacturing. And, and what, it's great for my students to be involved in the manufacturing, the development, the construction. But what's most impactful is when the kids can go on the trips the kids actually fit the amputee you know they think that what they're doing is great for the for the people right but what i love is what the people are doing for the kids because those life experiences i can't teach in the classroom that you talked about empathy so um, that that's a big part right. of, of what it is I'm teaching.
0: So they named it Life Changers. Is that it? Life Changers, yep. thinking that they're changing the lives of the others in the in the developing countries, but really they're they're changing their own. They're
2: changing their own. That's right.
0: That is that is something.
1: Yeah, that, that really is. is. Uh, now, but that. you now are in Chickasaw. Correct, that's correct. And how long have you been teaching there?
2: This is uh, I just finished my second year. Okay.
0: I do have a question. If you started this when, in 2004ish
2: uh, probably 2000 20 something years Yes, yeah.
0: okay, so um, I'm just thinking, have you seen the uh, have, have your student former students come back? I mean because they're they're grown are they have you been able to contact or keep track of any of the ones from the beginning? are they involved are they still involved in things like that?
2: Well, um, just curious. I've got uh, a great relationship with several of my students, um, especially on the 2014 trip. that They just bonded so well. Mm-hmm. And they were planning on coming down last school year and talking to my students. But then I got COVID. Yes. So I had to cancel oh. that. And they oh, haven't so rescheduled sorry. to come down. That's a four-hour drive for them to come down. And they mm-hmm. said, we want to come down and talk to your kids. So um, It that, still
0: is with them. It's yes. still with them.
2: Yes. So That's Fantastic.
1: So thinking about what's coming up for you, you've already mentioned um, your, your world tour that you're about to go on to deliver these prosthetics. Uh, what else is coming up for you next?
2: Well, it's, again, a continuation of a project. Um, about three years ago, um, I, uh, I listed uh, four schools to partner with us on this. But I guess a little bit of the background in... Um, during Y2K, uh, I was 1999, year 2000, I was a missionary in Papua New Guinea. I went over there, and I was teaching the construction trade skills and that type of stuff. And I noticed a group of kids going off to school. And then a short time later, they were coming back from school. And I'm like, what's going on? And they said, ah, the teacher's not there today, so they're no school. I'm like, well, that's crazy to think about. Um, you know, this teacher shortage was hitting them way back then, Right. Um, but, you know, I've, I've seen just a, a lack of education in the world, especially Latin America. Um, the, the first trip uh, overseas, you know, we saw that um, visit the school. They were very happy to show us the school. They, they were impressed. They had a computer lab. They had four computers. Only one of them worked. None of them accessed the Internet. Uh, but, you know, they were proud that they had them. I said, well, we can do something better. So we went back uh, on some of the trips uh, and, and actually dried in a room, put air conditioning in there, and, and built computer labs for them. And about four years ago, I said, we can do better. So I, I networked with uh, three other schools here in Alabama, and we turned shipping containers into skilled trades laboratories. My students built a four-booth welding lab in their, their shipping container Bibb County Career Academy did a small engine repair. Ufala City Schools did a woodworking lab. And then um, Satsuma uh, built a computer lab. And we took all four of our containers to to Honduras, to Balfate, Honduras. And the minute we opened the double doors, uh, we gave this community instant vocational school. And I really didn't realize the impact until just prior to us shipping down, I got a call from the mayor uh, Maribel Fate, and he says, "Can this is on a Friday?" And he said, "Can you be in Taguigapa, the capital? Can you be there on Wednesday?" I oh, meant, I'm a school teacher. Okay, <laughs> um, I'll be there. <laughs> you because know, he said the minister of education wanted to meet with me. So I got up early that morning. I flew down there. I was down there by noon. Um, I was met at the the airport uh, by the name of Danny's, uh, a gentleman by the name of Danny's. He happened to be the ambassador of culture. And he said, come with me. And I said, I got to go through customs. He says, no, no, diplomatic immunity. Come on. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, this is crazy. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden I was out in the... Um, uh, the airport and a tv camera turned on me and i'm like what's going on i don't speak any spanish so i have no idea and we've got danny's and we got the mayor and they're talking to the reporter i'm just sitting there smiling because i'm (laughs) like "Ah, i don't know what this is and and later he kind of translated a story to me he says here in honduras in latin america we have very uh, we got a lot of poverty a lot of kids grow up living in houses made out of mud and I've seen them, so I know exactly what he's talking about. But he says when they, these kids have a, a dream of a better life. So when they're upper elementary age, a lot of times they will leave their families, leave their communities in search of that better life in search of their dream. You know, we call them dreamers here in the United States. And they'll go through great lengths to, to go to a large city, either in their country or illegally cross borders, and, and go to a large city in another country but they have no skills to offer an employer. So, so often they have to resort to a life of crime just to survive. And he says, the container classrooms, the vocational labs that you brought down, all of a sudden they give our, our people hope and opportunity. And, and that's when it really dawned on me the, 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 the big impact that this project could have. You know, because it's easy for us to get a shipping container here in the United States as a building trades teacher, we can convert it y'all, you know, very leisurely here, and then they're easy to pick up and ship. So um, right here, or what, right now, kind of what you was talking about earlier down in the Dominican Republic, um, my students at Chickasaw were converting a shipping container into a solar-powered computer lab. Because we know that COVID has impacted education not only here in the United States, but all around the world. Here in the U.S., we can give out one-to-one devices, and education can somewhat continue. But there's a lot of places that don't have the access to -to one-to-one devices. And even if they had access to -to one-to-one device, you may give them a device, but they don't have Internet.
0: Right.
2: Right. Matter of fact, there's some places in the world, in Latin America, that still don't have electricity. Electricity, so my kids are converting a container into a solar-powered computer lab, and they're going to give it to a community. We're actually looking at an orphanage in El Salvador right now, but we're going to give it to a community in Latin America that has limited access to technology, Internet, and computers. That's unbelievable.
0: It is. It yeah. is. You know, I think about there's so many popular programs, you know, in the nation that are being sold to schools and, and, you know, they're good. They're good. They're engineering projects, they build in empathy, but something like this, this is just real. Very real. It is real and in and, and your heart and your passion, make it available to the students.
1: And it's no wonder that the work that you've done has been recognized. Um, I, just reading through some of the recognition that you have received is, is, Pretty impressive, uh, and I think it was 2012. You made the People's Magazine list of uh, Teacher of the Year. That's yes, sir. I, I've never met anybody that's had that me before. Either. So <laughs> me either. <laughs> I'm very, very impressed. Um, and a
0: Varki Global Teacher. Yep. Top fifty, top fifty. That's, right. that's well, it's the fifty, and that's yeah. that's amazing. Absolutely. That's out of the whole world. Yeah. Of amazing teachers. So
1: I, I'm just I'm inspired by just the the way that you were able to approach some of these issues with such a, a broad perspective of how things could come together and how how things could be brought about for these communities, uh, the connections that you've made with other schools, just the ideas of the shipping containers. That's just very creative thinking it's very impressive uh, and the, to get the kids involved with it is just
0: but it's about seeing the need and knowing what to do to meet that need exactly you, you read it about it's about recognizing that need a lot of people go down there but they don't recognize the specific need and your kids even saw well we can send the container but what are they going to do for electricity so we'll make it solar powered and it's just you've got them thinking like that
2: and my students will be the ones taking it down there setting it up and my my students will become the trainers. They'll teach the, the students and the teachers how to access, uh, turn on the computers, access the the technology. Because yep. I think it's important to always put those students in those leadership roles.
0: And that's when you saw the real impact too, when you said that that's they right. went down there.
2: Because when I go on trips, I stand back and smile and take I pictures. You do. And I let the kids get out and shine. Right. There you go. I
0: can tell. I well, can tell.
1: for those of uh, of you that are watching today, uh, he brought with him a couple of examples of the prosthetic legs. Can, do you mind telling us a little bit about it for those that can't see it?
2: Well, uh, this first leg I have here, this is for the above-the-knee amputees. Uh, all the black components on here, which is uh, we've got two components that make both the knee and two components that make the foot and ankle. All those parts are 3D printed um, on our, our printers there at uh, Chickasaw, uh, it's Uh, it's kind of an industrial printer. It's the Mark Forge Mark II printer that we need to do that because we'll infuse Kevlar into the foot to make it more of a spring and then we put carbon fiber up in the the upper knee to to give it some strength. The other leg I've got with this is one that we just finished up, but this is our first prototype for a below the knee amputee. So, um, we're going to get that one tested and it will go into production. Our goal this next year is to make twenty of each legs uh, to take on the trips.
1: That's fantastic, and I love you've got the, they have their name May I hold it? in, the name of their their company yeah. is infused into it as well. Yeah,
0: the name of the company is <laughs> right. in there too.
2: Yeah, they call That's themselves uh, Life Changer Manufacturing. Huh. This is named uh, after uh, National Life Group. Uh, National Life Group does what they call Life Changer of the Year where they will recognize a school employee. It doesn't matter if it's a bus driver or cafeteria worker, or teacher, administrator, uh, just somebody that's changing lives. Um, and then they'll narrow it down to the top four or five and bring it out to their national convention and uh, name them as Life Changer of the Year. So we took that um, a few years ago. I was named their, their Life Changer of the Year. So we took that, um, that slogan, if you will, that name, and infused it into what the kids are doing. So my kids are Life Changer Manufacturing, because that's what they're doing is changing lives, and they call the the leg uh, Life Changer. That's the name of the
1: leg. Yeah. Fantastic. It is.
0: It really is.
1: Well, thank you so much for agreeing to to come in today. This has just been truly an honor to have the chance to sit down and talk to you. It really has. And I'm I'm very excited about the things that are coming up for you.
0: Just think of the things that are going to be – In the future, because he's already doing what's next in it. That's right. You know, people people want to be able to do those things, and you're you're affecting that change now.
1: Absolutely. And thank those of you for watching or listening today, and be sure to catch us next time as Julie and I continue to explore what's What's next next in in it. Don't forget to subscribe. If you like what you heard, please rate and review this podcast so others can find us. The Next in Ed podcast is brought to you by the Mobile County Public Schools IT Department in partnership with the Department of Counseling and Instructional Sciences at the University of South Alabama, engineered by Tim VP Media Production, music by Justin Matthews, hosted by Dr. Joe Gaston and Julie Neidhart. Follow us on Twitter at Next in Ed and on Facebook. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only. They are not necessarily acting as official representatives for their schools, universities, organizations, or places of employment. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.